Life is one huge roller coaster with all its ups and downs, and we are on the ride of our lives. We celebrate the amazing and find a way to get through the tough stuff. In those tough times, we found the best way to get through them is by meeting them head on. On Real Life with Sheila and Gina, we're going to talk about the stuff we are not supposed to talk about. You know, those taboo topics. And on this show, no topic will be off limits. From parenting to control issues to boundary setting and everything in between, we are going to have candid and real conversations. We're going to talk about the stuff that keeps you up at night, the stuff you keep bottled up inside that you don't want to talk about, you know, the shit that gets in the way of your happiness. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Life with Gina and Sheila. Today, we are going to be sitting down and we are going to be chatting with my friend Gina here um, about boundaries. Boundaries. Gina, how are you doing, buddy? I am great. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And I'm excited to talk about boundaries. It's one of our favorite topics. Yeah, it's you know what? In fact, it's one of the favorite topics and the least favorite topics all at the same time, because I find let me know what you think. I find that most people go boundaries. I totally know what they are or boundaries. Here's what somebody said to me this weekend. I can't do boundaries because I can't change how other people act. And I went, whoa, what? Whoa. <laughs> whoa. So tell me, you know, in a sentence or two, what do you think boundaries are? Let's define the word boundaries before we dive in. For me, boundaries are my hard lines. So they are things that I am willing to not have in my life or have in my life because boundaries work both ways. Yeah. They are not for other people. They're for me. They a lot of times involve other people, but the boundaries not for others. It's for me. Yeah. So it's funny. Uh, author Nancy Levine says in her book, um, setting boundaries will set you free. I believe it's called. She had said that boundaries are where I end and you begin that right there, that space where I end and you begin is where my boundary sits. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so many people think boundaries can't be done because they're afraid they're going to hurt other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, it always afraid of consequences. Absolutely. And yeah. the reality is when you have boundaries, when you have healthy boundaries, you are so much better and you're okay. And what everybody thinks about boundaries and, oh my God, they're going to be so mad at me. Oh my God. Truly, it rarely happens. You know, yeah, it rarely, rarely happens. Our brain goes to the extreme, right? Which is if I set a boundary with my husband, he's going to pack up and leave me. Or <laughs> if I set a boundary with my parents, they're going to, I don't know, do whatever parents are going to do. So here's something that's interesting. And I bring this up. I share this, this big share. My mother will hate this, but it, <laughs> is she listening? Okay. No, I haven't even told her we're doing there you this. Go, so, there we go. So, so, so far we're good. Um, but here's, here's a, a funny story is that I, uh, you know, I've recently moved home and you and I have had personal conversations about uh, the need for me to set boundaries when I move home. So I don't get sucked into the parental vortex. And so I've been doing that. I've been setting boundaries. And my mother said to me, I think she started, she gets on these runs with me. This run started a couple of weeks ago where she says to me, she goes, Sheila, you're so aggressive. I said, oh, what? 
she told me I was aggressive. Oh my. And I, I, it took a long conversation, which I won't dive into because we certainly don't have the time and it's not really important, but I realized the reason that she's assuming or interpreting me as aggressive is because I am no longer laying down like a dog mat saying, walk this way, then walk that way. I've actually come home and placed some boundaries in there, which are boundaries on what, what I'm going to tolerate, not how you should act being the receiver of the boundary. You can act whatever way you want, Gina. My decision is how much of it I'm going to tolerate, if any of it. So it's funny. Isn't it interesting how it's interpreted by somebody who doesn't like the change? I think that's really what we're hearing here is she doesn't like the change. And so now it's going to be a Sheila issue because now I'm aggressive. Of course, because people don't like change. Well, people don't like change. The moment that people start changing or there's a change in someone's environment, they instantly go to, oh my God, something's changing and I don't like it. You know, very few people out there embrace change. Some do, but I think they've done a lot of work if they do. But the fact that you're changing means something's going to change for her. Yeah. You know, and you came back after how many years away? Oh, I think it was eight years. So all of a sudden the... Sheila, she remembers who, you know, jump how high mm. and what she could walk all over you is not the same. So in her head, she thought, oh, when Sheila comes back, she'll do this and this and this and this and this and this. And you're like, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, it's different. I still will because, you know, we, we've talked about this a thousand times. I am a people pleaser. Um, but the reality is it's different now. It's, it's different how I'm going to show up and be available to her. And it kind of has to be on my terms or it's not happening. And as a people pleaser, you need even stronger boundaries than most. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So boundaries. And I don't disagree with that. I'm not bypassing it because you hit a chord. You're absolutely right. And I'm a work in progress. So we're all a work in progress. Yeah, for sure. I like t-shirts. Upper, uppercase W work in progress. So, so we've kind of established the boundaries. Let's get back to the actual topic at hand. Cause you, you and I both know, like we need a cup of coffee here. Cause we're just going to go all over the place. Boundaries are that separation between where I stop and you begin, right? Healthy boundaries are that separation. We've kind of said, yes, that's what we need to do. As we get older in life, we seem to be, correct me if I'm wrong, having an easier time of understanding, A, that there's a boundary that does need to be set and feeling okay about setting it. Although we still wrestle with the concept of fear that if I set boundary X, then Y is going to happen. Yes and no. Um, I agree for us. Most of those are true. I don't wrestle with boundaries anymore. If I need a boundary, I'll put it in place. I'm the person who will just have the hard conversation to get on with it because I don't want to deal with it anymore. Right. I don't think that is an actually valid statement for 75% of the population. Okay. Tell me more. Tell me why. I think for people who've done some work on themselves in whatever form they want to do it. They understand what boundaries are about and what boundaries are for. If people haven't done any kind of work, they they get to the point that they're just fed up with bullshit, but they don't realize they need to put a boundary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we get as we get older, we get less tolerant of the bullshit. Let's be honest. You know, we know the language, we put a boundary in place to remove it from our lives. Not everybody does. All right. So let's talk to the people that don't know, because that's a brilliant point. You know, we, this is kind of the space that we live in yeah. Um, yeah. 95% of the time, maybe, maybe a little less, but whatever. 
Um, and so what, what are some things that say those that are listening that are going, do I need to put a boundary in place? I don't think I need to put a boundary in place. I think I'm good. What are some things that we can say you need to be watching for A, B, and C? And those are signs that there's maybe a need or an opportunity for a boundary to be placed. Okay. So one make, one really easy one is when someone asks you to do the same thing or a version of the same thing over and over again, and you're really tired of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say resentment, resentment at continuously being asked, but it could show up as being tired, but yeah. Anything that's going on in your life that is building resentment needs to be looked at. Yeah. Because resentment Absolutely. is a terrible place to be. So what if we've deluded ourselves into thinking, I just love to serve. I just love to give. I'm a giver. I love those lines. I'm a giver. We're all givers. Absolutely. Um, right. But, but what if you just love to help and give? Let's back up there. Not everybody's a giver. There's a lot of haters out there. But if you, if you, if you are truly that 3% of, I love to give and I expect absolutely nothing in return ever. And I will say, I've never met one of those people. Um, sure. sure. But if you're the person, you can love to give and give and give and give. But I, I do challenge you that in your back of your mind, there is resentment building when nothing ever comes back around. And not that so you like, expect it. Not that you expect it, but there's that little piece of, oh, wouldn't that be nice? So I'm hearing a theme here. I mean, we keep going back to the word resentment. Uh, which I, I think is a, um, a a true emotion, a true positive emotion that there is a need. You need to look at something and potentially there's probably a, the need for a boundary to be put in place. What else can somebody look for to do like a self-check on? I'm feeling guilt. X. Pardon? Guilt. Guilt. When someone makes you feel guilty. So there's two parts of that. So if someone's making you feel guilty, you have to stop and ask, okay, first of all, does this have anything to do with me? Yeah. Right? Because let's be honest, you know, for a lot of us who are over 29, uh, (laughs) some of our our parents got the guilt thing down pretty good, Mm. you know, and they can say things that make us feel guilty. And so, you know... I'm not a, I'm not a big guilt person. I think guilt is kind of a useless emotion. So I've worked, done a lot of work around that, but if something's making you feel guilt, if someone is trying to make you feel guilty, then I would stop and say, first of all, a, does this have anything to do with me? And B, what is this all about? Because I bet you there needs to be a boundary. Isn't it amazing? Like the theme here is you need to stop and really think about what's being said to you and how often do do we sit down and stop at the things that are being said to us? Really? I mean, the the average person, I'm not just speaking you and I, although that's all we can speak to is our personal experience, but how many times does something happen that triggers us and we sit down and actually stop and go, wait, I need to just hold some space to see what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Do you do that? Like all the time? I used to, I don't as much anymore, because I don't have as many people in my world anymore due to circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got, I did the major purge seven, five, seven years ago and got rid of a lot of the people in my life that I didn't want to have in my life anymore. 
I have had the hard conversations with people in my life that I care about, that I want to have in my life about boundaries, you know, so I don't have as many as that, but I also don't, I'm not, I don't live close to my parents. I only have my kids every second week. Like, like it's different situation for me. Whereas for you, you're bombarded by people all the time. Yeah. And I can say the guilt factor or not even the guilt factor, the, I need to stop and hold space. I rarely do that in the moment. It's really rare when I can pull out my inner Zen and do it. In the moment. <laughs> what? You can't pull it out of your ass when you need it? I can't. I can't. Although I'm I'm practicing a lot. But I do, and I'm getting way better and more fluid with being able to do it after the fact, which you might go, well, that's kind of a little too late. But it's not because it's a learning moment for me in that in that second where I can sit down and I can reflect on it and I can go, ah. And sometimes I even backtrack and go, you know, I said I was going to do A, B, and C. But in reflecting on it, I actually think I'm going to do D, E, and F. Like, I have no problem going back and say, wow, yeah, I really misstepped. Or in thinking about it further, you really misstepped. <laughs> I have no problem doing either of those things. And Sheila, I don't know how many people can do it in the moment. I am yeah. definitely more so after the fact. I learned something a few years ago that changed my world. Tell us. And I remember, like, it literally stopped me in my tracks. And it was... If circumstances change, so can decisions. Mm-hmm. If circumstances change, so can decisions. So I was always the woman, if I told you I would do it, I would do it hell or high water, regardless of the consequences to myself. Yeah. Yeah. But if I, circ- I second that. Yeah. But if circumstances change, so can decisions. So circumstances can be your circumstances. It also could be the circumstances of how something is presented. Well, I would argue without getting too floaty here, I would argue that in every second, circumstances are changing. Conversations are being had, enlightenments are being ahad. Like we right now, just into this podcast, are not the same people that we were when we started this podcast. Yeah. Okay. So like, let's take it down to a practical level, right? Yeah. But that is practical. Yeah. I can't think that way. That doesn't, my brain doesn't work that way. Right. But it's, it's, this is not the excuse to be flaky and bail on shit. But it is truly, if circumstances change, so can decisions. Yeah. Like that for me, oh my God. Cause like I used to say yes to everything cause I felt like I had to, you know? And then I, I actually have a question to myself before I say yes. I ask myself if I want to do something or not because I'm not over committing anymore. I'm not that, that people pleaser that has to do everything for people around me. So they like me, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Right. That's the big piece for me. You have to admit, though, G, that that is and I and I know you. So I know that what you're saying is absolute truth with a capital T for you. But that is not where the average person kind of. Absolutely. I've right? done a lot of work on myself. Right. I know so many people are ruled by what will people think like that is a really, really big one. Yet they. They fall into it and let themselves build resentment, have guilt, you know, be really unhappy when it's all, all they have to do is put a boundary and say, I'm sorry, I don't do any of that between 8 a.m. and 9 p.m. Like it's, it's, it can even be those little things, Yeah. you know, so say you're a morning ritual person, say you get up, you're an early bird, you get up and from six to seven is your hour. You have coffee, you read a book, you meditate, you exercise, whatever it is. That is your time. 
right? So now your kid wants to get up half an hour earlier so they can do X, Y, Z. What's your answer going to be? So are you going to put yourself, give up your hour that makes you, you know, sane through the day so you can get your kid up half an hour earlier so they can do whatever they need to do? My answer to that would be, okay, if you would like to get up half an hour early, feel free to go ahead and set your alarm. If not, I will get you up at seven like usual. Right, right. If he really wants to do it, he'll do it. That might well because, you know, they're teenagers, but oh well. But that hour to me, is, that makes me sane, right? So boundary, when we're talking about boundary and boundary setting, and I think it's hard for some people that have a lot of things going on, have a lot of demands placed on them. And I think of um, people that I've spoken to who sit down and say, well, I can't place this boundary because my husband will never go for it. My wife will never go for it. My kids will never participate in that. And um, I feel a little bit of sadness because I realize that they're feeling very out of control in their own lives when they don't feel they can do a change because they're hoping for buy-in from the people in their lives before they put a boundary in place. When in actuality, putting a boundary in place has nothing to do with the husband or the wife or the kids or the boss or anyone else. It does have to do a trillion percent with what you are expecting from the world for yourself. And I'll share a powerful little, I'm going to pull in Dr. Phil. Can you believe that? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Dr. Phil. Come on, Dr. Phil. You're on down, buddy. Billion years ago. Um, Dr. Phil was running an episode This stuck with me so much. And, and it's, oh, man, it, it's been with me. It's been with me a lot. Anyway, a woman was lamenting to Dr. Phil about, you know, her husband and don't call in with examples of why this is not a boundary setting. This is not what I'm talking about right now, but stick with me. A woman's calling in and she's saying, you know, my, my husband comes home and he's a complete jackass to me and he's just yucky and then every time when he's done being yucky, he hugs me and tells me, sorry, it's never going to happen again. And then lo and behold, it happens again. Why is this happening to me, Dr. Phil? Tell me, what can I do to change this? Why is this happening? And Dr. Phil, in his calm, Southern kind of way, says, do you want to know why it's happening to you? Because I know why it's happening to you. And she, oh, my God. Yes, Dr. Phil. Tell me, why is it happening? And he says, he's doing this to you because he can. Because he can. And the woman is sitting on the edge of her seat, literally waiting for some epiphany to be shared with her from Dr. Phil. And I don't believe she, or probably most of us, were expecting the simplicity of what he said, which is, your husband is treating you poorly because he can. And what he meant by that, which he went on to explain, is that we demonstrate and show people how we expect to be treated, how we deserve to be treated by what we allow them to do or not do. Absolutely. Boundary setting, right? Yeah. I love so, uh, I know for me, one of my biggest challenges with boundaries personally is with my kids, not with my oldest, but with my youngest. So my youngest is not neurotypical. Mm-hmm. We do have, you know, he's got hidden disabilities. So when you lay the boundary out for him, you can lay it out to your blue in the face with consequence, but that doesn't mean, mean it's going to stay, you know, as much as I want to say, you know, I'm not going to engage, you know, Tyson, here's the, here's the consequence if you do it. I'd love to say it works, but it doesn't. I keep trying though. I keep trying, you know, when I, I, you know, here's the boundary, you know, I am not going to engage with him. I will say no three times and then that's it. But 
when you say no, and he knows it because you told him, but you say no three times, and then I stop, you know, and I continue, and I, I will say I'm not going to debate this with you, <laughs> and then he, that I just stop talking, and then I get about 30 to 60 seconds, and then I get, stop ignoring me, you know, like, <laughs> so it's much <laughs> and I'll, again, I'll say, I'm not, I'm not going to debate this with you. And that could go on for, you know, 10 minutes or an hour. Uh, so I love to say boundaries work for everything, but they don't, but it doesn't mean I don't keep trying. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to debate that because you know that I too have a child who is uh, not neurotypical. And so we often do a lot of repeating in this house and um, the concept of consequences is, not quite a reality um, for some in our household. I, I have learned though, and you should know this too, that the frontal cortex that um, uh, develops as I get older around the 25 mark, that's where consequences live. So I am very hopeful, G, that come 25 years of age, it will be a different- I got 11 years for one of them, holy crap. Yeah, I know, I know. Don't think about that. Just know that there's a potential okay. save when they hit around 25. Anyway, different conversation. But we repeat a lot of things too. The reality is, is that my child will definitely try and get me to repeat, 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 because that's engaging. And even if he's not winning the war, man, he's going to make sure he wins the battle with me. I still have the power within myself to keep my own mouth shut and change the subject. Even the act of saying, Jesse, I told you, I'm not doing this with you. I'm not debating this with you. He still engaged me, right? So we've gone from the war to the battle. And I don't think at that point, he really cares which one he wins, just so long as he can ruffle the feathers of my day. And I'd love to say that I'm that mom that can just keep my mouth shut, but I can only be screamed at for about 40 minutes before I snap. Right. So where's the opportunity? Let's, I'm going to pick on you a little bit because you keep telling me that you're, you're awesome at boundary setting. And I believe that you are better than the average person, but I think there's always room for all of us to get even better than where we're at. Where's the opportunity for you to set a healthy boundary when your little nugget is screaming his head off at you and you've already been very clear with don't do it. I'm not engaging with you. And he continues to go down that. Where's the opportunity right there for a boundary? And here's oh, a I, it's, it's not engaging I'm walking away. That's the boundary, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, Tyson, if you continue to do this, right? But the boundary, when you set a boundary, you have to lay it out. Like you can't just set a boundary in your head and not tell the other person. No, no, you got to tell them, but you can simply say it down. If you continue to scream at me, I'm going to have to leave the house. And if you follow me, I'm going to get into my car and I'm going to drive away. Okay, I'll work that out. See your face change. I do. I do have, I find out. I got one in place about um, like he used to text me repeatedly for stuff. Like I want this game. I want this game more time, more time. And I just put a, and I just said, you do not get to do it anymore. Right. I am not. If you if you would like something, you call me and ask me for it and I'll think about it and if it's appropriate or depending on the situation. But the moment you text me more than three times about one thing, it is off the table completely. And Does I stick work? to that one. Yep, that one actually works. Isn't that interesting? Because you nav- you've showed him the roadmap on how to yeah. how to interact with you, how to navigate the world of mom and getting what you want. Now with, with him, there are sometimes he'll text me once and ask for something and I'll actually text him back and say, remember, you have to remember the steps of this process. Right. It has to be a reminder. Right. So then he'll call me. So I, I can live with that one. So, but it's not 18 I mean, texts for something. I think that's, I mean, we, we both have kids that we need to repeat. We need to. Yeah spell out kind of the the obvious 
just like, remember, if you don't get your chores done, you're not going to be going to magic on Wednesday. And every single day, even though there's seven days in a week and it's the exact same rules, I have to spell that out to him. And then I have to probably give him a couple of reminders because then I suffer. Here I go. Parental confession. I suffer with guilt when Wednesday comes and he doesn't get to go to his little magic thing because it's really his only social life. And then I feel bad for him because I want him to have a social life. Okay. So my sister called me on something during the summer and she said, you know, I'm really great at, you know, if I have to say no or draw the line in the sand, I'm really good with that. But she said, after I suck up that I didn't realize that she said, you know, an hour or two later, she'd be like, Hey, you want to go, you know, you're like, Hey, do you want to go for ice cream? And I was like, really? And I didn't realize it. And recently you do this. Uh, I did this. I didn't realize I kind of suck up later. So recently I, I, I don't remember the situation, but I had, I had said no about something and whatever went down. I wouldn't give him more computer time or something. And he got mad and it just, you know, we moved on. And then I went to pick up my oldest and I thought, Oh, we should go for ice cream or something. And it almost came out of my mouth and I heard my sister. Right. So it's interesting how we, all of these things get put into it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, for the record, I don't suck up. I don't. See, my I, kids. I don't feel guilty, but I guess apparently that's how I feel to make it up. You just feel guilty. Uh, I feel. I feel more, and it's a. It's a bit of a detour. I think I feel more sadness that our reality can't be different, which is. And there's my cat in the background screaming, so I. I apologize, but um, I just. I think I feel sadness. I don't know that I feel guilty because I give lots of warnings. I give lots. You know which way I'm going. There's. You cannot be in my world and not know what my next play is going to be because I will announce it to you. I will announce it. But then I always follow through, and then I'm sad because I have to follow through. But maybe yeah. that's different. That's anyway. Different. Follow through. Isn't All right. It? Okay. So let's go back to boundaries. Boundaries 101. Boundaries 101. Yeah. How do you? So you sat and thought. I don't want to do this. I don't want this part of me anymore because it's between what, what ends for you and starts for the other person. So let's use a really simple example. Um, um, can, we, can we bypass? Just stop for a minute. Sure. I don't know that we're at that stage yet to really understand how to move forward when we haven't figured out that it's like the basic understanding of a boundary is we need to sit down and do some boundary inventory, yep. right? Yep. Where do we have boundaries? Where do we need boundaries? How do we know we need a boundary because of that resentment? Okay. So, so you resent something, you look at what's going on. Let's mm-hmm. start. How about we start there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. So you, the huge resentment building, you look, you need to look at what's going on. You figure out it's, why are you feeling resentful? Because your mom asked you to do this every single day. Oh, I have an example. I'll give you one. I'll save you because I can see you're trying to figure out an example here and I'll I'll save you from it. So my mom is notorious for sleeping until late afternoon. She's she's not an early bird by any stretch, but her hours of conducting herself are just backwards. Anyway, she asked me for some help at the house, stuff that physically she just can't do anymore. And I am happy to go and help her. So we picked a day that worked for me. And I said to her, you need to be up when I get there because I'm not going to be sitting in the house waiting for you to get up and then waiting another hour for you to have coffee and toast while my afternoon is being wasted because you've got three hours of my time. I'm happy to give it to you, but you need to be ready to get up and to kind of work. And that was a big move for me to say, because I can't tell you how many times in the past she says, Hey, can you help me on Wednesday? I say, sure. No problem. I'll be there at one. 
I show up at one o'clock on time because that's me. And she's still in bed. She's in bed until two. And then she has to have about 45 minutes of coffee time where she does her crosswords. Imagine this. My mom's sitting there doing her crosswords, drinking coffee, eating toast while I'm sitting there waiting for her to notice that I'm sitting on the other side of the kitchen table going, are we going to start this? And then it gets too late in the day. And she goes, oh, we'll just start next time, Sheila. So I've now missed three hours of my day. How's that for an opportunity for a boundary? Absolutely. Yeah. So how did it go? When you- oh, she was, she was up. <laughs> she was up and she called me aggressive. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> that's where the aggressive comment actually started because that's a true, that's a true uh, example. And so she was up. I said, mom, I'm going to be there at one, please be up. I've only got so much time. I need to be leaving around four at the latest. Yes. Yes. Sheila. Yes. Sheila. I get it. I get it. She does that with me all the time. And I showed up and sure enough, she was up. She was sitting at the table, reading her coffee, uh, drinking her coffee, reading her, her news. And I went up to the space that we were going to be working at. And I started, she said, I'll be up in a minute. I know that game. I know my mom's game. She has, she has great patience for that kind of horseshit. And so I started asking her questions from the other space going, Hey mom, this book here, can we start tackling the books? Hey mom, do you want me to get this ready for when? And she was like, she got so frustrated with me. She was like, Oh, I'm coming Sheila. And she trolled her way upstairs. It was passive aggressive on my end, but it got her moving and we were very productive and it was wonderful. And I left on time and everybody felt really good. Excellent. And then she called me aggressive, but. Well, guess what? Who cares? All right. Well, don't waste my time. Right. It's, it's, so I, I mean, there's a perfect example. I feel like we just went on a tangent, but I feel like that's a perfect example of over years. I've sat down and realized that I have huge resentment with my mom asking for help, me giving it to her, sometimes reorganizing my schedule to make it work for her schedule so that it's accommodating to her. And then she doesn't use me the way she said she needed me when I'm there. And then I feel like I haven't been valued and I feel like I haven't been productive and I feel angry because I gave up two clients so I can go help my mom clean out this room and nothing ended up happening. So I feel like I fixed that by saying, I'm not going to come unless you're up, made sure she was up, made sure she was productive. It was like, I set the standard. And the fact that she called me aggressive, although it does bug me a little bit between you and I and everybody listening, it's not really my problem. No, but it still bugs you. Yeah, because I think she's using the wrong word. I'm not aggressive. Yours, honey. I'm not really aggressive. Okay, so you figured out you need a boundary. How do you do it? Okay, well, first of all, you need to figure out that you need it. And then you got to sit down and understand, in my opinion, that it's not in this example that I use, my mom, who's crossing my boundary, it's me that's dropped the ball on honoring my boundary. It's not my mom's fault, right? We can sit down and say it's the other person's fault, but that makes us feel better because then we don't have to bring any ownership to the table. I think you've jumped the gun. We're going to, let's back up for a second. So you realize you need a boundary. Yep. So how do you set a boundary? I think you need to dig deep first and figure out what it is about the situation, for example, that that speaks to you in such a powerful way that sets you off, that makes you resentful, that makes you guilty, whatever is your emotion. So with your example, you realize that I'm going to paraphrase. You allow, you give this time up to your mom. She doesn't respect your time. You rearrange your whole day to make it happen. And you're just not okay with that anymore. Yeah. It also goes into things I know about myself. 
I am, I find organizing really easy. I like checking things off of my checklist. That makes me feel like I've accomplished something. I like being productive. That makes me feel good about myself. Like these are just some basic Sheila-isms that I've learned over my 29 years of life that, (laughs) 29-ish years of life that I get to bring into the synopsis here, right? So when I'm now very accommodating to my mom and she doesn't appreciate that, and I'm not productive, and I can't get anything off my list, and I feel undervalued, that's a big sign to me that something needs to change. I can force my mom to value me, and that will be not successful in any way, shape, or form, or I can make sure that I'm valuing myself. Ah, That feels much more doable. Okay, so so you've done all that. You decide you're going to put a boundary in place, and you will absolutely, you will help her yet, she needs to be up and ready. Mm-hmm. And you communicated that to her. I did. Yes. And if you had gone there and she was still in bed, what would you have done? I would have gone up to her room and I would have said, mom, you were supposed to be up. Maybe not the best way to say that, but that's probably what I would have said and how I would have said it. You're supposed to be up. If you don't get up now, then I'm going to leave. And I would have been pretty simple. You're supposed to be up. Like you're supposed to be up. Let's get going. Or tell me what I can get started on while you're going and drinking coffee, which of course, if you think I'm a control freak, you should meet my mom. She's far worse. So that's not honoring your boundary. What's not? If you go and start working while she's drinking her coffee. Because the boundary. I honestly don't, I don't care if she sits downstairs while I do the work upstairs. I genuinely do not mind that. In fact, I can probably get more work done if she's not there. She may not be happy with the outcome of it because I have no emotional attachment to this stuff. I'm going to discard all of it. But I'm going to call you on it. That's not your boundary. Your boundary was be up and be ready. So when you Mm -hmm. said to your mom, be up, be ready, there has to be a consequence too, or I'm not going to stay and help you, or I'm not going to be able to do do this for you. Was that laid out? No. Because thank, it's you, one thing, thank it's, you, Gina, for highlighting that. Sorry, no, but if you put a boundary in place, you actually have to stick to it, right? And if you if you are going to share with somebody that you're going to put a boundary in place, there is a piece of, and if you don't honor this, this is what's going to happen. Follow me? I, yeah, I, I'm getting stuck on the, if you don't honor this, it's not for the other person to honor, it's for you to honor. I know, but you're putting the boundary boundary for you to honor. Yeah, but you're saying the boundary is I will come and help you, but you need to be up and ready to get get up and ready to go. And if you're not, what is the if you're not, I will not stay and do it. Like, what is the next piece? Yeah, I guess it wasn't a case of I didn't allow her to take me to the day of before the boundary was um, was set. It really was a case of you need to be up or I'm not coming. So it was almost like it was set beforehand. I wouldn't have found out if she had honored that until I showed up and saw that she was still in bed. Had that been the case? And if that, that um, was the case, you would have turned around and left. Then I, then I should have turned around and left. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I've now come, I've done what I said I was going to do. You've not done what you said you were going to do. And I mentioned to you that if you don't honor our agreement, which was to be up and ready to go at one o'clock, then I'm going to remove myself and we may or may not reschedule depending on, you know, what we're talking about. So one of the boundaries I set years ago was I used to have a triad going. So it was me and my mom, and my sister. 
So I would talk to my sister. She would tell my mom. My mom would come back to me. I would talk to my mom. My mom would tell my sister. It would come back to me. And I finally got to the point. And I'm not, I don't mind the trivial stuff. You know, the trivial stuff's fine. But my news is my life is my life to share. Yeah. Not that way. So I finally had to say, here's the deal. I'm done with the triad. I am not okay with the continuing passing of information about me, not from me. Yes. As of now, this needs to stop. And if it does not, we will not be talking. Did they honor it? Nope. Just naturally, they just honored it. Yep. I mean, every now and then something sneaks through, but not the big stuff. You know, you shared that story with me, and I realized through you sharing that story with me um, ages ago that I do that same triangle with my mom and my dad. But it's me actually orchestrating it, not anybody else which was a hard one for me to say out loud, especially, but, um, and I realized that my going to my dad is really scary for me. It's he's an intimidating guy, which you can imagine how intimidating he is. If I <laughs> am intimidated by him, but, um, and so I will say things to my mom and get my mom to say those things to my dad and hear what the outcome is from my mom. So I stay like at a, at a very long distance from action in case it doesn't doesn't sit well with my dad, I can kind of sit back here and go, oh, you did it wrong, mom. You didn't say it the way you should have, or why didn't you find out the rest of the information? And I realized when you shared that story about your um, situation, it was different. I understand that. But I thought, oh my God, I'm doing that. I'm creating that as a place of safety because it makes me uncomfortable to talk to my dad. And if it works for you, it works for you, right? There's not, you But know. it doesn't work for me. It actually made me unhappy because I wasn't getting the information that I felt I needed. Um, and then I was blaming my mom because I was projecting it onto her. I mean, it was really a horrible thing for me to do. If you want to be quite honest about it to my poor mom, who's just trying to help me. But um, anyway, I'm not sure that that's a boundary, but that's what anyway, that story. And, and like when it comes to boundaries, like one comes to mind that I say a while back is that when people say things that hurt your feelings. Yeah. Right. So, like, I will admit that for years, the first question my parents asked me when we spoke on the phone was, how's your weight? Mm, yeah. And then a few years ago, my mom and I had a big discussion about it. And I told her point blank. And I told both of them, you don't get to ask me that anymore. Mm-hmm. If I want to share it, I will. But you do not get to ask me that anymore. And if you do open the conversation with that, I'm not going to continue the conversation. Because there has to be a consequence or boundaries don't work. Yep, for sure. For sure. I agree. I agree. I agree. Okay. As always, we seem to talk our time away and we've got about five minutes left. So let's um, let's see if we can summarize this for our audience on how to kind of work for, we've kind of just established when you need to have a boundary. That seems probably pretty easy. Resentful, feel shitty, not working for you anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to include in there feeling like things are happening to you in your own life. Right. I mean, there's a lot of explanations on why you might feel that way, but I think a lack of setting a boundary is really big on that list. So then how we actually do our uh, boundary setting is first of all, you got to do a boundary inventory. So see how you're feeling a little bit of a body scan. If you want, Um, you need to be really clear on um, what your expectation is and what you're not going to put up with. Mm-hmm. Correct. I think you need to 
get really comfortable with short-term discomfort. I think oftentimes we don't set boundaries because we don't want that uncomfortableness. I can see the thought raising on your go. Say it. It is always the consequence. The uncomfortableness is always way worse in your head than the reality of it. Most of the time, let's have that disclaimer because there are every once in a while where you're afraid if you put in a, a boundary and your worst case scenario is somebody's going to, your friendship is going to be ruined or your husband's going to leave or whatever. And sometimes that does happen, right? Yeah. So let's not say it never happens. For the most part though. For the most part, it, it does not. So what we think is going to happen is really our brain thinking in extreme measures. And oftentimes that extremity is not met. Yeah. It is something, you know, halfway or a third of the way or whatever. So here's a, the next tip is uh, get uncomfortable or get comfortable with short-term discomfort because you're going to be uncomfortable for a moment while you're setting and honoring. But once it's honored, it's like this empowering thing, right? It's your world and the stress that came with that boundary that wasn't set is now no longer on your plate. Holy Hannah, imagine having one less thing oh, to take away from your level of happiness. Absolutely. Here's another thing I'm going to say. Get really clear on your empowered future. And there might be people out there that are going, what the hell is she talking about? Mm-hmm. It really is. How do you want to be treated? Absolutely. And if you don't know that, like, I want to be treated well. Okay. If you don't really, if you can't say more than that, how do you want to feel in your given day? Mm-hmm. As you go through your life, what are the values or the traits or the characteristics that you want to have in your world. For years, I said to my ex, I'm tired of being the bottom priority list. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. It was a conversation we had all the time. The reason I was always on the bottom priority list is because I put myself there. Yeah. So you allowed yourself to stay there. I allowed myself to stay there. I put myself there. You know, there's, unless you can, unless you have an idea of how you want to be treated, unless you have an idea of, of like you say, your empowered future, you'll stay exactly where you are. Yeah. So put some time into thinking about what that is. And it doesn't have to be specific to a relationship. It can just be a generic general statement of how do I want to feel in my life, in my given days. Yeah. And, um, and then try and kind of flush that out. So you can see the areas that are not meeting that, right? If you want to feel valued and you're on the bottom of the totem pole, clearly what you want and where you are are completely misaligned. Totally. Right. So spend some time envisioning it. And then here's once we figure out who we need to set the boundary with, which I would argue that most of us kind of know this in our hearts, whether we want to admit it or not, write down your script, write down your thoughts that are all about you. They're not Gina, you make me feel this way and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. No, 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 no. We're not talking about what Gina's going to do or not do. We're talking about what I am going to tolerate or not tolerate. Very different statement. How Gina, and I'm using you and IG, how Gina responds to that is Gina's choice. She's a free agent herself. She can sit down and go, screw you and be done with it. Or she might say, screw you and go and think about it and go, oh, maybe I do need to up the ante and and do better. Uh, We don't know how she's going to do. That's Gina's story. But my story is setting out where my expectations are and what I'm prepared or not prepared to do if those expectations aren't met. It's not an ultimatum. 
It's a, I understand that I'm worth something more than I'm getting right now. Yeah. And boundaries are not a bad thing. Like here, for those of you who need permission to do this, here is your permission. Here it is. Yep. You are allowed to want, you are allowed to be treated the way you want to be treated. You are allowed to move up that priority list. And boundaries is one of the first ways to start. You know, I, with uh, my clients, I get them to take little post-it notes and say permission to, and it's whatever they want. Permission to do nothing for an hour. Permission to say no. Permission to cry. What, whatever it is, and I find that the act of writing, I give myself permission to, on a post-it note, post-it notes are just easy to transfer from place to place. That's why we do post-it notes. It goes from my computer to my date book to the kitchen counter, whatever it is. It'll, it allows you to go, you know what? I deserve this too. This is absolutely okay. I've got a couple of tips. They're not my tips. They're from um, Nancy Levine that I'd like to just shove in here. Guidelines for creating your script for setting a boundary. And there's six of them. I'm going to go through them really quickly. One is avoid language that blames the other person. This is not about placing blame on somebody else. Number two, try to keep the focus on yourself and how you're feeling. Number three, avoid self-blame and only apologize when you need to. Oh, Mm -hmm. as Canadians and as Canadian women, I think that that is a really, really hard thing. Only apologize if you feel the need to. We often apologize to try and make the other person feel better. Oh, I'm really sorry, but. No, you're not really sorry. Unless you are sorry and then say you're sorry. But if you're not sorry, those words should never come out of your mouth. So again, three, avoid self-blame and only apologize if you really feel the need to do so. Number four, avoid self-righteous language. Mm, Nobody deserves to use that because none of us really can honor that one for sure. Number five, don't make excuses for yourself. Yep. And the last one is don't make empty threats. Totally. You got to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And I don't like the word threats. So I'm going to change that one and say, don't make empty consequences. So that book is by Nancy Levine. What's it called? Uh, Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. Okay. So if you need some like one-on-one boundary stuff, order the book. It's phenomenal. Work through it. It really is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say a couple things. Your language has power. So that's one of the reasons why she lists them like that. You know, your language has power, how you speak to yourself and others, mm-hmm. you know, and don't shoot yourself to death. Don't right? shit yourself to death. Should, can should, we get a t-shirt made up? Yourself. Let's say that. Don't should yourself to death. Oh, should. I thought you said should. shit yourself to death. Should. Like, um, oh, and my favorite is no is a full sentence. So that's a great way to end this. So remember, no is a full sentence. Full sentence. All right, guys. Uh, we will. Can do we have the ability to put notes in uh, in no. some of our stuff? G? No, I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure right. it out. So hit the replay button and um, listen to it again if. We <laughs> need to because we can't make notes. And you can find us. I'm at Gina at Gina.best. Sheila's at. SheilaWeir.com. And we'll be back probably sooner than later. And we don't know what our topic is going to be next, but we'll let you know. Actually, well, you know, we have so many topics. We might just do an impromptu, but uh, come back because it's going to be as fun as the last two have been for sure. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Be well.